0: John, I am surprised you are even awake at this time of day. It's hard. So far past my bedtime, but such is my love for you. I wanted you to have an extra half an hour of sleep.
1: It is. I mean, it's now 7 a.m. here. And um, uh, so actually, you give me an extra hour of sleep because it's normally 6 a.m. when we record. So uh, your love for me is
0: uh, is being genuinely felt because I'm not a great morning person. That's good. Well, let's see if the quality of the show goes up by at least three and a half percent.
1: Oh, now you are setting a challenge.
0: <laughs> well, I can tell you what, the the, the love of, of, of one of our listeners uh, is, is very high. It certainly is. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, we've received an email and uh, from a fellow named Joe Rhodes, who uh, it's a long email, but the, the the gist of it is well. I'm a long time Hi, Scotty and John. I'm a longtime listener of your Mac Focus Developer podcast, back since late night Coco Man, it's been around for a while. I recently listened to your iDeveloper show 166 all about core animation. I found myself nodding my head while you both went through praises and pitfalls while learning the core animation APIs. Anchor points, scales, keyframes, etc., are all a bit difficult to visualize. Only in code. A while back, I released a new software, a new app for the Mac, Kite Compositor, at kiteapp.co, to v- visually program core animation scenes for apps and prototypes. Anyway, I'd love for you to both check it out. If you do a lot of core animation, it's also a nice way to learn the APIs and program visually before you do the heavy lifting with code. So, uh, and he gave us a license key, and it's extremely nice. So I was very anxious to to have a look at it, and I have to say, it's a it's a rather stunning piece of work. But I have some suggestions for you Joe. Uh would you like to hear them? I'll take your silence to mean yes. Then <laughs> <laughs> then make them. I mean, yeah, go on, make
1: them. Then I'll say I'll, I'll give you my opinion in a minute.
0: Okay. So I think you know my my this was very interesting to me because I I was so excited to open it and it it just I just Dove right into it, and it 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 made it reminded me of of a problem that I had with Memory Miner that it you know it, you read the description of it it seems wonderful right so it's like I want to visually program uh, core animation I want to understand how anchor points work I want to understand scaling and transforms and just being able to plug in values and and make it all look uh, you know w- w- working on it graphically the way you do with building interfaces in IB and want to work with the timeline and it does all those things. The only problem and and it's a pretty big one is that you open up the app and you're there with a blank slate. So it, it, there's a disconnect from your excitement about reading about it and your first out of the box experience. And the problem is is that you cannot guarantee that that people will have seen the screen movie, for example, or have looked through the website, because the reality is you have a a fairly short amount of time to to get somebody's attention. And we've talked about this a lot of times. And so there are are folks at work um, who I know were predisposed to be interested in. I I excitedly sent them a link. And and they all went and looked at it. And it really does what it does extremely well. But the -the out-of-the-box experience leaves you kind of having to grasp a little bit. And I think it would be much, much better if, as when you opened it, you had the option to say, here's a sample project, like the ones that you show in your video, because there's great video of, of showing, you know, animations of pins on a map, for example. Um, but if you don't see it, then it's not immediately obvious where you start. Because if, if you're just fumbling around, you say, okay, well, let me try drawing a shape layer and let me see how do I inspect it and change the values and move and change it over time. It, it's not immediately obvious, um, at least not for me. Now, maybe I'm stupid, and I certainly am in many ways, but if I'm the stupidest user you have to deal with, then then it would it would be worthwhile uh, giving that out of box experience a little bit. So I hope uh, you take the advice for for the the very. Um, uh, uh, helpful intent and w- with which I'm delivering it because it may be it's like, oh, why are you being mean about my product? I'm not at all. I think that it, it's such a great product. It was just a shame not to have that 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 kind of immediate tutorial. So the first moment you open it up, you could start playing with it and say, oh, yeah, I got it. Great, wonderful. So um, thank you very, very much for sending it to you. I'm going to continue to give it a play, but it, it is a stunning piece of work, as I said.
1: Yeah, I think... Um... This is, this is going to be a rare moment, John, because I 100% agree with you. Uh, firstly, the app is uh, very well crafted. It, it does what it does very well. And I was very excited because it's an area that I thought, cool, this is really going to help me. Um, and, it, and the reality is it is going to help me and it's, and it's really cool. But I would 100% agree with what you said that the... Um, uh, you open the app and you're presented with a. You know, just imagine like in a word processor, you're presented with a you know a blank document. The thing is, in a word processor, you know you're going to you know, uh, write. Although obviously Microsoft back in the day didn't think that you just knew that because they would have Clippy that says, "It looks like you're going to write a letter. Would you like some help?" <laughs> <laughs> now we're not suggesting that by any means at all. That um, is that, but uh, uh, I think uh, the reason I'm happy to. Us to make these comments is because it's not because Joe hasn't done the work. He has. If on on the website there is a very very good video demonstrating how it works, and equally there is pretty comprehensive documentation. Um, so the work has been done. So I think it's just a little bit of the um, uh, of the uh, of the first experience needs to maybe layer some of that work into it to to. Um, just make that entry easier, uh, and so I hope you're finding this supportive, Joe. Because you know we really do like the app, um, and this isn't uncommon. Um, I'm on a beta program for an application at the moment, and um, uh, the on the very first release of the beta, it may have actually been an alpha. Um, the I received an email because it's from a friend and someone I know saying, "Yeah, we're working on an app. Um, we're really not going to tell you anything about it because we want to know." from your first launch experience what you actually think the app is and does and you know from that from just launching it without you, us trying to give you any sales pitch on it um and so uh you know i opened the app and i went through something very very similar of of okay this actually looks quite cool but i'm not 100 sure what it what it does um and you know they found that feedback incredibly useful for the next beta where they try to fix a lot of their onboarding problems and that sort of thing so um, you know I, I'm going to follow uh, what Kite does here it's an app I'm definitely going to to use um, and, and play with a lot more but uh, uh, it would just encourage um, now, so what we're basically saying is you know to be encouraging if you want to go try this app please we suggest you do and we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, But don't be faced by that blank screen and say, oh, I don't know what this is doing. I'm going to give up. There is uh, some great documentation on the website, and there is um, a a great video that can get you going on the website. So uh, just make sure you put the two in combination and go have many hours of core animation joy and fun.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Joe.
1: Thank you very much, Joe. We do appreciate it. And uh, we will be watching what you do and, um, you know, Hopefully, reporting back to our uh, our listener uh, how it how it's going. <laughs> and Joe, please, if you totally disagree with us, um, you know, send us an email and tell us why you think uh, we're being complete numpties and it needs to be the way it is because you know this is a professional tool and professionals don't need the hand-holding we need and therefore you know we're idiots or whatever because we're quite happy to be told we're idiots by other people because it's normally true to be honest. <laughs> mm. So, John, it's uh, um. I, I I gave Apple some more of my money you did I did oh my god did you do it you did it I bought a an iPad pro 10.5 inch with with a pencil mm. and a keyboard now wow. yeah you know, this is yeah that's serious the serious bucks I mean well over a thousand bucks by the time you do that mm. but uh it was worth it it's it's a fantastic little device and uh, it was partly because of all the stuff in iOS 11 that I wanted to have a play with and um, you know write some code for none of which I've done yet. I've just, just played with the iPad but it is a I haven't owned an iPad since the iPad 2 um, simply because to be honest for me the iPad is a glorified Kindle, and um, you know, just a bigger screen to do some web browsing on than my phone, and a smaller screen than my, my laptop. Um, and so, it's been it's been hard to uh, justify. Well, not that I need to justify every purchase, but I've just not bought one for for. I don't know when the iPad two was two thousand and twelve, maybe something like that. Um, and I used my iPad 2 for a long, long time until I basically broke it. Um, so I've been saying for a long time now, probably over a year, that next time Apple release an iPad, I will I will buy one, um, just because I think it's time to have another look. And uh, I, I am mighty impressed with it. Now, um, so obviously for me, coming from an iPad 2, it's like an enormous jump. It's like night and day, and, uh, and so I don't know um, how big an improvement people would the last generation iPad think it is, particularly if they have the iPad Pro, I suspect it's only a minor upgrade. Um, but it's there. But I. the most annoying thing for me is... is. Um, I, firstly, let's go back to the, the good stuff. The keyboard, the folding keyboard thing is, is really, really cool. It just makes the iPad a totally different usable device for taking notes and uh, writing things down. When I've been in meetings this week, I've been using it rather than taking my laptop. Um, and even though the keys are spongy and... Um, Uh, You know, it's not a proper keyboard by any means. It's perfectly acceptable to use. It makes it and you know, gives you that full uh, screen space instead of the keyboard coming up on the screen. So, from that point of view, I think it's fantastic. Um, The downside of the keyboard is if you're just using it as an iPad um, and you've got the cover folded back just as a folder, it makes the iPad quite heavy. So, I do find myself constantly taking the cover off when I'm just holding the iPad and not using the keyboard, which means maybe I could have just bought an external keyboard instead of spending hundred and fifty quid or whatever it is, on on you know, the keyboard. I don't know. Uh, not I'm you know, not too hung up about that. That's fine. Love the Apple Pencil. Not that I have massive amount of use for it, but you know, the, the most annoying thing is, you know, where the heck are you supposed to put the pencil? You know, there's there's nowhere to put it. It so it sits at the bottom of the bag or on the desk or or whatever else, and it doesn't stay with the iPad, which is, you know, got to be one of the most stupid designs ever in ha- Apple history, other than maybe the um, you know some of their mice.
0: Wow, I had no idea. It doesn't have anywhere, nowhere to stick it. Not in the magic keyboard cover, super secret uh, slot under the under the Windows command key or something.
1: Not that I can find. Not that is blatantly obvious to me. Now, apparently, there is a cover you can buy that has an Apple pencil slot on it, but it's not the keyboard cover. I think I could be totally wrong here. I mean, this could be a case of like, you know, Joe could be sat there right saying, sat there right now saying, "Look, you can't even find the pencil holder on a keyboard. Why should I even <laughs> trust you as a user of my software, you moron?" <laughs> That's probably. Be what is going on out there right now, but um, I cannot find the holder for it, and it just really is like a dumbass decision as far as I'm saying So here is this, here is this product that I am, um, you know, I when I spend over a thousand bucks, okay, I, I, to be honest, you spend a thousand bucks and a lot of you don't, you know, you just you have certain expectations of things, and um. Yeah, you know, I, I have to be honest. Lots of times you get disappointed, but this was—I've been this—I've been so excited by this product. I've loved everything about this product, and this like one thing just bugs me so much that it sort of doesn't ruin the experience, but it definitely taints the experience of uh, a yeah. by you know Tim Cook. Uh, you know, loves to quote customer sat um, uh, stats whenever he gets on stage, particularly you know um, the September events when he's talking about the uh, the iOS products, and you know. They have everything, you know. Every they've got everything right on this one, apart from apart from that for me. And it does, but it's enough to just soil the experience a little bit. So um, there, there we are. It's. Uh, I, I think it's so again. It Maybe we could relate this to software that you know you could write the most fantastic app there is, um, but if if the if the one thing that is wrong is something that is annoying every time you use it like every time I I, fancy using a pencil I have to find it in the bottom of my bag or off my desk somewhere it's not with the iPad it's not just there you know and that, that one thing just makes this amazing piece of technology um Feels slightly unsatisfactory and and it could be exactly the same in 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 software development can't it that you know you can have everything crafted beautifully but if there is one thing that your users regularly have to do using your software that annoys them it taints the entire experience
0: i'm so sorry your new ipad pro soiled your taint (laughs) (laughs) there we are you know how long i've been waiting to say that (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: john this is what i love about the maturity of our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh dear! There we are. Have you? I you've not tried the iPad Pro yet? Did you have one of the last generations, or? or?
0: No, no. I actually, did get a chance to, to to try one at work. I have to say that it's no joke about the, the scroll, uh, the scrolling performance, and and the super fast refresh. It really, you cannot look at it at, at an old iPad, an ordinary iPad anymore. So. Moving the text around, you know,
1: text around and reading text on the screen is so beautiful. It is, you know, just, it is, it is stunning from that point of view. Um, And talking about stunning text, you know, uh, I am so in love with the editor in Xcode 9. Mm. Why don't you marry it? It's uh, because my wife would object. Um, Mm. But it's, uh, I've been running Xcode 9 since, well, joined DubDub downloaded and started um i have to say i think beta 2 which came out last week is probably slightly less stable than beta 1 was um it it, it's crashed a few more times on me this week um not not horrendous amounts but it does crash a little bit more um but the editor is just so much better than the editor in Xcode for for writing swift anyway i can't if you're an objective c writer i can't answer you know tell you if it's any different or any better but um the just the, the the clarity of the fonts in the editor it just feels better. Um, the scrolling is just nicer. Everything about it is just more pleasant. It doesn't. I mean, the Xcode 8 editor would constantly lose the syntax highlighting for Swift, and you'd have to switch out of the file and back in again. And just that is annoying. Um, so yes, it's a beta. It has other problems. The co completion, the jump to declarations, all has problems with it. Um, But it's just uh, you know when you're just looking at something for eight nine ten hours a day just that just those little bits that it just has that slight edge of feeling nicer and looking nicer and scrolling nicer I guess it's another example of little things just makes it that I don't care if it crashes an extra time a day Um, I mean I do if it loses all my work and but it's not so far it's recovering very well. you know, I'm, I'm prepared to put up with that. I'm prepared to put up with the fact that I have to maybe do some searching now and again when I could, if Xcode 8 would have jumped to the definition correctly or whatever else. Because the general every moment usage of it is just just that little bit more pleasant and just makes. Me prepared to put up with those things so i guess this is a you know the reverse example of what we were talking about uh, with the ipad just now that yeah you know, so if you get the main thing and what do you mainly use an id for uh, ide for it's writing code if you get the main thing or that you're doing right then people will put up with lots of other things as well so um i don't know have you had a chance to try it out yet
0: uh, a little bit, but not not nearly as much as you, and uh, just because, yeah, as what I was we were talking about last week is that you know as a group, we're not quite ready to to, to make the jump and um, I've just I I've become preoccupied with something on a deadline and then I was kind of loath to to switch my tool chain because I wasn't convinced that the 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 change would be that that huge a, a benefit. But I'm probably wrong.
1: No, no, but I think I I, think, tell you
0: what, I will have I will have a look this week and report back to you to see if if, if it has gives uh, the same benefits for objective seeing.
1: You see, this this is the interesting thing. I I couldn't really tell you about a single new feature in Xcode. I've not tried them. I've not tried the wireless debugging. I've not tried any of the new features. I've simply um I. I I say I'm struggling to even remember what they were. I've just, everything is just based about this is a better editor experience. Now, uh, which is, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure there's some other cool stuff in there and I'm sure the Xcode team would love people to go find them and actually play with them, um, you know, so that they can make sure they uh, get good uh, radars back on them. But it's, um, yeah, it's just, just the editor is enough uh, to... Make me say, yeah, I'm going to use this every day. I know it's not about a single new feature. Um, I haven't used the refactoring in any way at all. Um, I've just got so used to doing it you know, without refactoring. I have not even, I don't even think to. Now, I should do. Maybe I, I would try that this week and, and talk about it next week a little bit, just whether I thought it was good or bad. Um, I have to be honest, any other tool. I used to use um, AppCode for writing Objective-C for a while. Um, and the refactoring tools in that were were pretty darn good. Um, and there are some little things, Let's like... Um, you yeah, that in that tool set that i used to like things like if you had an import statement into a source code file and actually nothing in that file was using anything in that you know from the 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 what you were importing then it would sort of uh, indicate that by graying it out so that you know you could delete these you know excess import statements and things just stuff like that is really quite useful really for just making your code nicer but i've not tried any of those things with the refactoring or anything in, in xcode um i've just like the editor because i'm a very easily pleased uh, moron
0: um as the <laughs> has, has been proven oh my god there's there's the there's the it's title <laughs> easily <laughs> easily pleased moron <laughs> there we are okay well you know who's not an easily pleased moron I'm sure there are
1: many, John, but which one are you thinking of?
0: Uh, Scott Forstall. So you may have uh, read news of that, that, you know, after a five year silence from after he was, uh, uh, he departed Apple. We'll just use that word. Um, uh he gave a he, he gave a talk there was a, a, a kind of a two-part discussion at the what was the tech museum uh in in mountain view about uh you know the the iPhone projects so the first section was a round table with people mostly involved with the hardware aspect of it and then Scott Forstall came on and talked about the software aspect and uh i found it fascinating i really did you know i i you know, having developed software in the next days, I'm aware of who he was. You know, so I've known known about this guy. I never worked with him. I I can't even say that I've even met him. Um, although I did meet and demo to Steve Jobs twice back in, the, in when when Next was a company. Um, uh, but what I there were so many things I had no idea about about his life, which I found very interesting. Uh, most of which had to do with kind of his his early background and how he wasn't a nerd when he was a kid, his his older brother was, and his interest in theater and the, and the parallels he he draws between you know theatrical productions and and making software and startups. So it's definitely worth a listen. Um, I'm going to see if I can find a non Facebook video link because uh, I know this has been discussed by other people. But I'm becoming you know I love Facebook uh, because I you know so many of my friends and family are there but it's really annoying as hell when something is put in there and there's like a Facebook trap and you can't publicly link to it so I'm going to see if I can find one um, because it's definitely worth for the show notes it's, it's for, for the historical value of it and just to be able to kind of keep going on the theme of how you know, software. the Best softwares is, is made by people who bring so many different perspectives of it. And here's a guy who who kind of had the, the in many ways the non nerd perspective, although his his nerd bona fides are are are, are very strong.
1: Yeah, I've heard um, several people tell me that I, I haven't watched it or listened to it yet, and um, I, I will do. We'll put a link in the show notes, and I'll follow it myself. Um, but uh, yeah, I've had several people say to me that it was it's a very good listen. And um, so, so what was yeah you know, what was the you know, was there a key highlight for you or is it was just overall that it, it just was had a little bit of nostalgia or there
0: was a, uh, it just, it's a combination, a combination of things. I mean, you know, one are some, some deeply personal stories about his relationship with Steve jobs. Um, and I think that's always nice because you know, there, there are lots of people, you know, there's lots written about him, but there are relatively few people that were kind of truly in his inner circle and he clearly was. So those are, those are worth listening to. I, I kind of don't want to give it away because it's, it's, it's worth listening to just for, for the emotional aspect of it. Um, and then even even kind of the the, the social engineering that was required, going and taking you back to the you know not telling the world about about what you were doing and then the unveiling. I mean he they talks about going to to visit singular wireless executives when they were in Las Vegas kind of in December when they were having their big company meeting. They had struck this deal uh, with Apple and it was basically they said, you know you go develop the network and we're gonna, give you no say no control you know you can give us some specs about connecting to your network but everything that we do with the software and and hardware we're not going to tell you anything about it and and what was very interesting is is they it it talks about he, he talks about the various meetings they'd had with with cell company executives and how you know most of the meetings were two or three men and and kind of were, were talking to apple as if you know apple had no experience in building things that were usable by humans and at and, an apple were, were idiots and then the meeting with with singular was a single woman who knew her tech backwards and forwards and saw that there was this interesting opportunity and the deal went with them they, you know they, they hear you were able to 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 connect with somebody uh, uh in, in in an important way and make the business flow um Gosh, that sounds so Californian, but it's true. You you have to kind of listen to to it because it's all about kind of perspective and and these soft skills and these these things that that I, I keep blathering on about, but that I find increasingly important. So you know, to then you know what it was like to to kind of. Be the only person in the, on the planet with 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 a you know with an actual hardware device that has stepped outside the secret confines of, of Apple. You know all those things are. It's just. It, it, I find it just very very interesting. And then lastly, kind of talking about what he's done since Apple, which I, I find equally interesting. So definitely definitely give it a listen.
1: Yeah, dealing with big companies is... Uh, well, it definitely sounds like it's worth listening, and I will try and listen to it by next week and uh, tell you my opinion. Um, yeah, dealing with big companies is interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, I've spoken a little bit about the consultancy we're setting up, um, which I don't know if I've actually named on the show, but um, we're calling it um, Diligent Robot. Um, and we have stickers and business cards, as we have spoken about on the show, um, which went down very well at WWDC. People liked our stickers and business cards, so that was that was cool. Made absolutely no difference to anything, but they liked them. Uh, so we are potentially—I'm going to be very careful here—potentially possibly onboarding with our first client right now, um, which is a a rather large client. Um, and we've been speaking to people on a sort of team that we might you know do stuff with, and it's all been uh, really quite—you know—it's been very lovely and very wonderful. But now we're doing the the sort of uh, business onboarding and you know we <laughs> literally you know pages and pages and pages of paperwork all full of questions that we are a brand new company we're going to have to answer no to or zero to or whatever else and I'm, I'm interested to see um if the reasons that they wanted to or i mean and this is not about the people we were trying you know on the teams we're trying to work with that's because you know that's really cool. This is about the corporation now. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if the the reasons that the people on the teams we want to work, who want to work with us, um, uh, will override the, um, let's say, uh, very poor results we will have in the vetting process <laughs> as a mm. company with this with this corporation. Um, you know, it, yeah, it wants to know the last seven years income of the company, you yeah. know we formed the company two months ago <laughs> it's you know um it, so we're going to be interesting to see if it's uh, uh you know if that is uh, this is just like a formality that everyone goes through and actually the the process is uh, you know yeah we've got that information that's cool you're working with these people or whether now the the corporate process becomes a stumbling block um now yeah you know, as opposed to here's some people who a team in our corporation want to work with type of thing so um yeah, well, feedback. Uh, so it's um, a little daunting when you, yeah, uh, you know, go through, this. especially as you know, my my main consultancy company before I formed this one has been running for twenty five years, so I could answer all these questions, um, but it would still be effectively working with you know virtually you know fifty percent of the same people, <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. I would be able to answer different questions. So I'm going to be interested to see how the corporate process handles that. Um, I have to be totally honest. I'm, I'm being sceptical, um, having, having seen all this documentation. But um, uh, maybe I'll be surprised, and that will be, a, um, and that will be lovely. But there we
0: are. I'll tell you what. I will keep, I will, you know, place fruit in a bowl and light candles and burn incense and, and hope that you have the outcome that you're looking for. Thank you, sir.
1: So one more, one more thing before we move on. Um, uh, I've been trying to learn a new language this week. You know, Scotty, you just don't do enough during the week. I don't, do I? Okay, this is a... I've been trying to learn Elixir. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. I hope if it's not, then I've never heard anyone actually say it, so I'm assuming that's correct. Uh, Because, you know, everyone's into this functional stuff, um, and everyone talks about, you know, using Swift as a functional language, and then you get the purest thing well, Swift isn't functional, which is not. Um, And I've had opinions on this, but I thought, actually, uh, you know, in order to have a better opinion on this, and because I was genuinely interested, and some other reasons that I'll maybe go into in a different show, I thought I, I want to learn a um, uh, a purely functional language so that I can understand what functional is all about. So as opposed to try, as opposed to having to try and understand what functional is with all the compromises that Swift makes around, around it, let's just learn a purely functional language, and then I'm in a position to say, well, Swift can do this and swift can't do that and understand what the differences are properly um so i bought a book as you still do these days although it's digital book not paper um and uh, just started reading through doing the examples and boy does my head hurt it's like and and it's not because it's hard it's just because it is a totally different way of thinking you know, I've been working in the object-oriented world now for 20, 25 years, however long it is. Um, and you know, everything in the object-oriented world is about objects, manipulating their data, uh, attaching um, functionality to the data, uh, and functional is all about transforming data. And objects don't even exist um, in there. And uh, and the whole—it's surprising. Just the whole mindset is just so so different that it just my biggest issue is not with a syntax or anything else my biggest issue is just everything I think about what I should do next is wrong because it's not the way to do it Um, and I'm finding that challenging and enjoyable yeah, but both is it's really nice to be, because often you sit down, you know, let, let's say you come to Swift and you learn Swift and I enjoyed learning Swift, but it is just another object oriented language. It was basically just learning what's the new word to do, what I've always done in Objective-C, a slightly different way or, and then there was one or two new things on top, you know, and then when I you know came to Objective-C from, uh, I was using C Sharp before I came to accept Objective-C 10, 12 years ago, or whatever it was now, um, and yeah, you know, it, yeah, it was a bit of a a brain warp with the square brackets and everything, but still, fundamentally, you're dealing with objects, you're messaging instead of methods, but it's you know it's fundamentally all the same stuff, uh, you know, C-based stuff in a in a in a similar way. Whereas just the thinking here is is different, and I'm finding that really really challenging. Um, maybe because I'm what did I call myself a an easily satisfied moron. <laughs> it's uh, uh, I'm enjoying that challenge, but. Um, yeah, so I will. Uh, whether I'll do anything with this language or not, or whether going forward, um, I mean, obviously, I won't be writing iPad apps or anything like that with it. But um, so I'll, I'll, we'll give it another week or two and then report back. But just this my brain is enjoying doing something that should be familiar to me because it's what I've been doing for 30 years, but is actually. In many ways, alien to me, and it's not that it doesn't have variables or functions or anything like that. It has all those stuff, but it just the the mindset from which you have to use them is very different, and uh, um, and it is helping me already see why you know which bits of Swift are quite functional and which bits of Swift are definitely not functional, um, and understand some of the arguments that are going on there and, and what's going on. So that's that's been quite good fun.
0: Well, I would just weigh and say I still like objects. I, I'm not.
1: I'm not against object-oriented programming. I don't have a. I don't have an issue with it at all. But I wanted to understand um, uh, functional programming a little bit more. Um, I wanted to, and I have to say, I don't understand it enough yet to know where it best fits in for things and how it best fits things and what its best use for it will be. Um, and you know what I would say from what I've learned so far, and this is where you know people can come you know and, and slag me off as much as they like because I may be misunderstanding. Um, is you could try and make something like Swift and use it in as functional way as you like, but the moment you try and use Cocoa or Coco Touch, you're using an object based framework, so it's pretty irrelevant. <laughs> Why bother? Mm. Why bother? Yeah. Um, you know, you're now fighting against the frameworks, and uh, yeah. I remember one of the uh, one of the first pieces of advice I was when I ever I, I got when I came to Coco was if you find yourself fighting the framework, you're doing it wrong. Um, totally true. So there we are. Anyway, John, it's. Um, uh, I think we've uh, we've used up our half hour. Um, so if people want to um, uh, say beautiful things to you this week uh, and make your week a happy place,
0: where should they do it? Well, they should talk to me on Twitter. I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And if they want to tell you that you've mispronounced elixir or that you know, uh, you're know you a functionally, easily satisfied moron, a phesom, <laughs> <laughs> how can they do that? They too can do it on Twitter if I'm clever enough to
1: understand it and find my account. That <laughs> says Mac DevNet, or you can send us beautifully scripted email um, at uh, feedback at iDeveloper.co. John, it's been a pleasure as always, and uh, we just want to thank our listener for tuning in again. And um, on our rather erratic schedule, but we are we are reasonably regular, but we're just not regular on the same day but we we, we're we're getting there i think we've um we did get some feedback saying some some people really enjoyed our walking around san jose and other people uh sort of said i'll be back when you stop breathing into the microphone (laughs) (laughs) So it's too much like uh, some um creepy old man (laughs) oh wow there we are and uh with that thought we will leave you and until next time you take care